You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. After 19 years working in education, Angela hit a wall. She was striving, leading, and educating at the eventual expense of the health of her marriage and family. Today on Thrive, you'll learn how to recognize God's nudges and winks to know when to make shifts. You'll also learn how to identify your core values so that you can set better boundaries that accurately reflect your chosen priorities. And you'll learn more about borrowing from past faith to get through future unknowns and question marks in your own life. Angela openly shares her journey to stopping the striving, leaning into a new God-given calling, and applying biblical principles to daily life for a healthier, happier, and holier every day. Stay tuned through this conversation. Drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to. And now, welcome, Angela. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited for this conversation and just sharing with your audience about my story of thriving. Absolutely. That's why you're here, right? (laughs) I love it. Um, Well, we could just kick things off right away by having you walk us through your journey and the sort of pivotal point where you kind of reassessed everything and listened to God's calling to a new direction in, in your life. Yeah, so that's going to have to take a little bit of background to build for your audience just to understand the transition and truly how big of a leap of faith it was for me. For sure. I um I was in education. I spent 19 years in that career and even in the very beginning of that career though, I always knew it wasn't necessarily like my final career, like I wasn't stepping into my true calling that God had for me back then 19 years ago but it was where he wanted me for that season. And I just didn't know how long that season might last. Through that, he pulled on my natural leadership skills and um, moved me out of the teaching role in the classroom and into more of a supportive role with the adults behind the scenes. And I became um, a mentor and a coach to them. Yes, coaching exists even in real job world, (laughs) not just online. And so I was an instructional coach for three years. And then that was the bridge to my leap into administration where I became a school principal. And I was an elementary school principal for five years, um, leading a team of almost 60 staff members and 600 students. What we didn't know ultimately became like my second year um, is when the pandemic hit. And so, and I have three kids of my own. um, And so I hit a pivotal point where as many people experienced of the stress through the pandemic and just what that did to our lives and how much they altered them, that it really impacted my family a lot, as well as my own mental and emotional health of just like the burdens that I was physically carrying for other people, um, as well as for myself. And a piece of it was being a leader of a site 
who did and an educator who didn't get to be home to educate their kids when they had to be learning from home <laughs> independently and like not being able to fulfill that role for my own children because I was having to fulfill a different role for 600 other children as well as all the staff members who pivoted and started working from home and I wasn't able to be at home I was on site and so that really just um, in many ways brought me down to a low 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 where I just was crying out to God and was just like come on like what what is next? Because this isn't sustainable. Like, and I'm doing the math in my head, right? Like, oh my gosh, I have 25 more years till retirement. <laughs> I'm just like, God, this is no, no. What's next? I'm ready. I'm ready. I've always known it's not always education. I'm ready. What's next? And as God does, he works in mysterious ways. And he, um, my mom shared a Facebook post with me from a business coach who was her previous boss at the hospital. Um, and so she was a CEO of a hospital and then had left that to become a business coach. And her passion, her goal was to help moms and women in sort of that corporate rat race or that just give, give, give um, to a corporation or to another work environment and help them get out of that by creating their own business. Um, not all of them coaches, but many coaches is what she was um, targeting, but mostly it was just like entrepreneurship or even brick and mortar small businesses of like, let's live your dream. I can help you take the steps you need to take to get out of living, of fulfilling someone else's dream and running yourself ragged doing it to start building your own dream. And I didn't know it at the time, but in a conversation with her, she kind of pulled out of me that like life coaching was something that um, I could see myself doing when I was asked that question of like, if you could do anything and the money didn't matter, what would it be? And like life coach popped into my head, which is weird because I've never had my own life coach. I'd never really experienced that before, but it had just been sort of on my mind because mentorship and relationships with people and really truly coaching is how I operated at my school. That was how I ran my school. That was how I was successful as a principal it was because I just understood the importance of connecting with people on their level and building those relationships and that trust. Um, and so that one conversation sparked um, what became the transition for me to leave my job. And meanwhile, I was also reading a book that is a, by a Christian author, I believe her name's Emily Freeman. It's called The Next Right Thing. And um, it's sort of devotional style in the sense of like each chapter is a sort of standalone and then it has a prayer and a practice at the end. And so I had been reading that and then had this conversation and it was kind of like I could see where all the, the next pieces of the, my pathway were starting to line up and where it was leading me towards. Um, but I'm very security driven and I'm the breadwinner for our family. And so there was still a ton of resistance and me really talking to God and being like, uh, are you sure? Like, maybe it's just that I can get out of this job as a principal and maybe I can just go farther away from the, the school site and like all the, all the caregiving that comes with being that close to that many people and the, the go-to person for them. And and so I kept trying to like convince him and myself of like, I can, I can just shift into like a director role or I can go to like a county office level or something like that. And that will that step away from the 
the students and the staff is, is it's going to fix all my problems. Right. And um, really struggled with that for a while. And God just kept laying it on my heart of like, no, like your season is over. Like you, you know, this was never it. And now it's time. We're going to make a move. And so I contacted that same business coach again for a follow-up phone call just to kind of pick her brain and see like, okay, what would this actually look like? What would, what are the steps I would need to start taking? And at that point in time, I was very convinced that it had to be by the end of the school year. I was like, I'm not signing up for another school year. This is just where we're at. Even if I go work at Starbucks, like this is where I'm at because it had taken that big of a toll on who I was as a person how I was showing up in my marriage, how I was showing up in my home as a mom. I wasn't, I mean, to be honest, I wasn't showing up. I was a ghost and I was just somebody there um, that would try to, but it was, I was never fully present. I was always distracted with the other things happening um, in my brain and primarily through my career. So, um, I knew that I needed the like the full blown exit in a fairly short amount of time, approximately six months. And I just really, I was able to take a three week time period where it fell with our winter break. So I was off the school site and just completely unplug, really dive into some reflective time with God, but also speaking to like mentors in my life, my family members that I use as sounding boards and just go to them with like, here's what I think I want to do. And it was surprisingly well-received, which helps, right? Because had they asked and pushed back with a ton of questions, I might've had more doubts and not really felt comfortable taking that step. But I really think God used them to confirm for me and affirm that, no, this is real. This is truly where I'm leading you. So by February of 2021, I think it was. Yeah, no. Anyways, timeline doesn't matter all that important. But by February of that same year, I turned in a letter of resignation and I started building um, my own Facebook group and establishing myself online as a coach. Um, And I didn't have the, I didn't have the Christian faith part there yet. I was still getting back to my relationship with God and doing my own work on that. Um, And one of the shifts that I had made was instead of waking up first thing and checking my email and my calendar, I was getting up first thing and reading the day's verse on a Bible app that I had downloaded. And then I, a friend had given me a devotional. So I started doing that. So I just really started making small shifts on like where my first focus was going. And then that's where I, I think that was key in me knowing that I was on God's path and not my own because it felt selfish at the time, right? It was like, yeah, I quit your job. (laughs) So it felt really selfish and it felt like the most irresponsible thing to do, but I just had to stay and stand true to that conviction of like, no, I really do believe this is God. I know that I'm being called to this. And the really cool thing with that too, is I think um, the fact that you were showing up faithfully intentionally seeking God's confirmation and not just saying, well, this is what I want and this will make me happy. And this is what will serve me, 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 me. Therefore see ya, everybody. Like you, it sounds like you were really intentional about making sure that you were really checking in on that alignment all the time. And I think that, I think that God rewards that, you know, like if people are truly Mm -hmm. 
turning their hearts towards him to say like, listen, I'm, I know I'm not going to get a lightning bolt from the sky. And I know I'm not going to get like a magical tablet of to do's that just like falls in my front yard. So can you give me some sort of clarity and confirmation and peace? That's how, I mean, that's how it comes. So as you're putting the pieces together and getting that peace, that's just such a cool reassuring moment. And I think that's, I think those moments are such fun little God winks when you know, like Mm -hmm. you just know in your soul that like God was answering that prayer and you're like, man, that's so cool. Like that's such a personal little tap. Like, yep. I see you. I'm here for you. I'm helping you like, keep going. You're doing good. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's something that I've come to recognize too. And and it's something that I teach in my, my foundation program is called God as your guide. Um, And it's one of the first things I teach is like when you give God your first and you're really intentionally going to him, you start to recognize his voice better. And when you recognize his voice better then he really can guide you to the best path for your life because you know, it's him. Whereas like, if you don't necessarily take that time or you're not that intentional about it, then there's all this room for doubt and all this room for the what ifs and the insecurities to creep in or other people's opinions, imposter syndrome, like all the things, right? You're creating space for that when you don't put God into the space first and let him fill it up. And then, so that's like exactly what you just said. And that was so key for me to recognize that in my own transformation, but then to continue it through for what's been now about 18 months so that I can like speak to so many examples when I'm working with clients and when I'm leading that group and like building program material. It's just like, this is, I've been on both sides. Here's what happened when I didn't. And I gave room to all that space. And then here's how my life has changed because I have. For sure. I know you're big on this idea of living unapologetically with God as your guide, which I just love. So can you kind of break down what that actually means to you and what that looks like in application? Because I feel like the idea of living unapologetically and like you said, living with God as your guide, where you're kind of making these small shifts to start pointing your life in a certain direction. Like it's, it's very doable, but it can feel very abstract or very confusing for people, especially just starting off. So I would just love to hear your perspective on like what that actually means to you and kind of how to really start making it happen. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like the unapologetic part comes to when it's time to put boundaries in or make shifts in how you currently operate and manage your time and like manage your and operate out of your priorities. And so a big foundational piece for me is like identifying your core values as a person. And for any believers, um, regardless of denomination, if, if you believe in God and your goal is to live your life for God or something to that effect, you know, it doesn't matter if you're just starting or anything, the faith in God would be your number one list in your core values, uh, most likely, or you at least desire for it to become that. And so then it's doing the exercise of like, okay, well, how am I currently spending my time and my energy? Where is it going? And does it reflect what I say I value in life? Does it reflect my what I say I prioritize in life? Or if I look at it with an honest lens, am, am I able to see a different reflection that I'm that is incongruent with 
what I really truly value and, um, and, and prioritize. And so we do a lot of work just getting to that point, <laughs> being honest with ourselves and just really looking inside and with that filter of like, if, if somebody were to speak about me um, tomorrow, what would they say is important to me? And would they say it's, she was, you know, an excellent employee. She worked really hard. She cared about, she had a lot of integrity and cared about what, you know, how showing up for other people. She was always there for everybody, which is not a negative thing, but it can be when it becomes the thing. <laughs> and so really just having those conversations, um, because that's the unapologetic part. When you decide that I want God to be my guide and that his, I'm going to open my mind and my life to his plan and recognizing that that might shift whatever my idea of my future goals are or what, what I think I'm headed towards, recognizing that that might shift when you really truly open yourself to God's planning and stepping into that, really being empowered by that full potential that he's going to unlock in you, um, then you have to you have to make some unapologetic changes and you have to have some tough conversations with people in your circles and sometimes that means creating distance from certain places or things and sometimes that just means not intentionally creating distance but more so just walking in closer alignment to the ones that do represent your values and your priorities and so it's that boundaries piece where it becomes unapologetic like i'm not going to say sorry for this i will give you my why and I have a really powerful God why of like, this is, this is where I can maximize my life and my contribution to my family and the world and the legacy that I leave behind. <laughs> and that's the, you know, that's the path that I'm choosing to walk on. And God is leading me down that path wherever it may lead. And I just trust that it's the right path and he's sovereign. Yes. What's so good about that too. And what that really reminds me of is I think sometimes, especially on social media nowadays, it's like you see people are quick to credit God for the, for the wins and the highs and for just getting what they want. And it can fall a little bit too quickly into like just a prosperity gospel or just like, Oh, I got everything I want. I got this house. I got the husband. I got the job. I got whatever. <laughs> Praise be. And it's so, I, it falls so short. And I feel like it does such a disservice to the true sovereignty and grandness of our God. Because like you said, if you're willing to truly open yourself up, it, it really does come with a degree of you, you're feeling like you're taking your hands off the wheel for a hot second, which can be mm -hmm. so scary, especially if you're someone who loves control. If you're super, I yes. mean, I'm a type A Enneagram three here. Like when you are someone who likes to have your plan and you're sticking to it and it's planned out five years in advance, the idea of like surrendering it and saying, all right, mm -hmm. if God has something totally different in mind, sure, your will be done. But it really does make you sit back and think like, do I have an attitude of your will be done in my life? Or is it my will be done so long as you give it a stamp of approval or like my will be done, just like, okay, it and be like, give it the, give it the go. Or is it truly mm -hmm. like a, your will, no matter what that is, even if it goes against what I thought it would look like, or it's not in alignment with my five-year plan or whatever. And that's a really tough question to like sit back and ask yourself sometimes. Yeah, it, it definitely is. And it's not even, it's not as easy as just agreeing to adopt that mindset. 
Right. Definitely. It's like, that's a starting point of just saying, this is what I want. And I will take steps to try to stay in that lane. Um, but that's where it takes the daily practice. I mean, even me coming through 18 months now of doing this and for, you know, when uh, a lot of people pick words for the year or words for the quarter, however, and mine was trust and surrender for like, a whole year or more it was over and over again it just kept showing up of like no you haven't fully surrendered you're still holding on to this piece trust me and it was just surrender and trust over and over and it was a daily commitment of where like I personally journal um when I'm doing my time with God that's just how it helps me apply it to my own life and like just really process my thoughts and daily it's and sometimes more than once in one day depending on what the day brings it's like no okay God is sovereign and it's, re- it's going back to his word and like reaffirming through scripture that he has promises that he keeps. And we have literally history and data and evidence, not just in the Bible, but also too, if I really look back at my own life, like I can see, like I use the example a lot of um, buying a house, right? When you go to buy a house, you have this picture of exactly what you want in your house. And you're talking to your realtor about here's my must haves, here's my would like to haves. And you have this plan, right? And you'll go see a house and it will check those boxes. And you're like, this is the one, this is the one. You put in an offer and your offer doesn't get accepted. Somebody else's does. And it's like, but that was the one. We're not gonna find another house that checks all those boxes. Like it had everything. And you're so deflated and you're so upset. And at least in my own life, I can't speak to everyone else's, but at least in my own life, like 10 times out of 10, I haven't moved that many times. So let's say five times out of five, (laughs) God has provided with something that had boxes. I didn't even know I wanted checked. (laughs) It was like, okay, I get it now. That's why I didn't get that one that I thought was perfect because you had in store for me this one that has like X, Y, and Z that I didn't even know I wanted, but I absolutely love the fact that I have this in my house now. Um, And so I always use that as an example because that's really what it has to look like. It has to be like setting aside what you think is the right outcome or what you think should be the expected outcome or even your desired outcome because it's okay to work towards something, but working towards that with that day-to-day willingness to make adjustments or re- be surrendered to the actual outcome. And so that's really like, that's the part that it takes commitment. It takes intentionality. It takes practice. It's not really something that I, in my opinion, people can do independently, um, at least getting started. I have had coaches and mentors for this whole last 18 months since I left my job. And even before that, if I look back, I'm like, I might not have been paying somebody to be my coach, but I had mentors in my life that served that a similar role um, at that time, because it's that it's those reminders, the accountability, the encouragement, it's somebody there to talk you off the ledge when you're ready to give up (laughs) because, you know, God's not fulfilling your perceived outcome. And so you think, well, okay, fine. Then I guess I'm just not supposed to do this at all. And it's like, no, that might not be the case. Like, Let's get back and just, again, release to God, like, okay, this is your outcome, not mine. And I just trust that whatever your outcome is, is going to serve a greater purpose than what I could have picked for myself. For sure. I love the house analogy because that's perfect. And I feel like it also applies to like 
men and dating yes, and like for sure. a lot of other things too, where you could yeah. just think back and be like, there's, I mean, hindsight's 2020, 20, but I'm sure we all can relate to thinking back and being like, man, so glad that it actually didn't go the way that I thought I wanted it at the time, because holy moly, it's so much better now. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Jobs, sure. men, all. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. So many areas. Well, yeah. And are, I think hindsight of- is 2020. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but just to like really quickly tack on what you said about sure. hindsight 2020. Like, I think God gives us that so that we have that evidence of his faithfulness and provision in our lives. Because sometimes when we're about to do something scary again, we need to borrow the energy and the and the and the feeling of comfort and provision that we got in that season and like recognize like okay he didn't let me down he actually came through in a really big way and we have to borrow that faith part to help us get through the unknown next step of the scary part yeah, yeah. no that is so true and in terms of surrender as a whole can you kind of give us what that looks like for you on the practical standpoint? Because I know this is something I've talked to mentors and coaches about to myself, but just, I, I know it can feel so intimidating for people because you sit there and you're like, what does that mean? And what does it look like to just surrender? Because are you just standing there throwing your hands up going like, all right, God, take it away. Like take it from here. Or is it like just, I feel like it's probably a little bit different for everybody, but in terms of what that actually looks like and the balance between what you are doing, especially if you are a very hands-on and proactive kind of person yourself versus how much you're kind of like sitting back and going like, all right, waiting and watching for something. And I feel like that's such an interesting balance to kind of work on, like what we put in versus what's coming out and all of that. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I'm glad you asked that because it's so true. And that's something that I've had to even discover for myself. And like you said, I'm very similar, like control type A, you don't run a school successfully without needing to have a lot of control. (laughs) And so really for, for me, I mean, it is that balance of like, yes, you're, you're surrendering the outcome primarily, but you still are expect, God still expects you to take actions towards an outcome, but you're mostly surrendering what that outcome or what that final destination might be or what it will look like. So like an example that I can think of for myself would be um, one of the coaching programs that I enrolled in. I enrolled in it because it was a Christ-centered coaching program to teach coaches, business coaches, life coaches, et cetera, on like how to set up their businesses and really be successful as having that be their sole career and being able to not have to have it be a side hustle. And so I I enrolled in that. And my desired outcome was to make the money, right? It was to, it was to like do the thing where I'm like, yeah, I want a $10,000 a month. Like, heck yeah, show me how to do that. And it was a year long program. And I felt called to enroll because it was Christ-centered and the previous program I had been in was not. And I was I was afraid to assert myself as a Christian life coach in that other realm. Um, Even though I trusted that coach for whatever reason, I was holding myself back and I wasn't really showing up the way I truly wanted to show up. And so then I made this switch. My desired outcome was the money. It was like, yeah, show me how to build this business. Show me how to do a launch. Show me how to get clients and keep them or and build my audience and all the things. And this program had tools for that. But this program also had a lot of 
spiritual work and a lot of mindset work and a lot of just like heart work um, in if you're going to have a business that is for God and that he has called you to, then these are, this is like heart work and mindset work you need to do to be able to fully step into that. And so for a year, I'm in this program. I paid quite a bit of money for it. I didn't sign a single client the whole year. Was that my perceived outcome when I started this? No way. In fact, there was some times during it where I was resentful of the program. I'm doing air quotes, audience. <laughs> resentful of the program and resentful of the fact that I had done the launch. I followed all the rules. I followed the script. I did the things. And I didn't get the outcome that I thought I was going to get in each of those little steps. But one of my, one of the coaches that I had access to in that program, we did a really deep dive into, okay, so this is the outcome you say you wanted, but what did you get out of this process? What did you learn? What was an outcome? What was, you know, what happened here? And every single time I was able to identify multiple positive things that had come out of that experience. Um, and it, sometimes it was just relationships that had gotten started or initiated that I hadn't had in my wheelhouse before or in my community before. Sometimes it was healing in my own self and my own mindset of just like jumping a hurdle of going through a process that I had been afraid to go through, but I did it. And it was hard and it was awkward and it was scary, but I did it. And then that was the outcome. The outcome was like, look, you did this. You showed up in this way every day for whatever, eight days, putting yourself out there on social media through videos and all the things. And, but really at the end of it all, my biggest win and my biggest outcome was the growth that I made in myself with mindset work and the relationship, my relationship with God and how much that deepened because I had to rely on him. I had no idea what I was doing. I've never ran a business. I'm not an, I've never been an entrepreneur. I just, all the things, it was so new to me that I really, I had to rely on God because, you know, Philippians 4.13, like I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I, that was where I needed to get my strength from because I, it was so foreign and it was very daunting. And um, so while my outcome in that program and that investment, my design, my, what I thought was making money, I thought I was going to like create a business and have clients and have this system up and running. And um, God had a different plan, but his plan gave me roots deep enough in my faith and in my own identity and my own confidence and what I can do and how I can serve women that now I'm unshakable. Whereas if we would have, if he would have given me those clients earlier on and my roots were only halfway, you know, foot down into the ground, if, if somebody would have had a little bit of doubt or expressed like a little bit of uncertainty in their own abilities to do the work to create their goal, I would have been shaken. I would have probably started to lean. I might've even blown straight out of the ground. I mean, who knows? And now I just, I'm positioned in a place so much better to serve the women in my audience um, because of the work I've done myself and because of the growth that I've made spiritually and um, the healing that has happened in myself and with my family and my spouse 
from, you know, I, I started off this interview sharing with you like how broken I had gotten and I didn't even know the extent of it until I got into this Christ-centered coaching program and started doing mindset work. I didn't really have a whole lot of experience with that. I did in, in the world of education, but it's a little bit different in the world of education than it is when you're an entrepreneur and, um, you know, you're putting yourself out there and like you are the product. <laughs> I love that so. though. And I love, I love the, the analogy of the root system too, because I think sometimes, mm -hmm. especially if you're really an ambitious person, we might be gunning for something and you've got your eyes totally set on that finish line, but sometimes God's holding you back because like, you ain't ready yet, sis. Like mm -hmm. sometimes he's literally just saying like, listen, you can get there at some point, but like, if you get there now, you're going to ruin it. Like if you rush it, you will ruin mm -hmm. it. So sometimes hearing no is truly a blessing in disguise because you might mess up the opportunity and you might just not be ready yet. So sometimes it's yeah. not like we think of it as, oh, he's just not giving me what I want. Like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. God's not a genie. He's a father. Like sometimes he just knows better yeah. than us what would be good for us. So right. he could just be like, listen, soon or someday. Yes. But like, not right now. You got to like plant deeper roots first. Yeah. I have a, um, a really close friend of mine that has a saying that I've adopted as my own as well. And it's when you don't necessarily get your way or things are tough, God is say saving you for something or saving you from something. So good. But you're always being, he's always saving you. It's either like when you, when something didn't go your way, you just have to ask yourself like, okay, what is God saving me for? Or what is he saving me from? And um, that has helped me a lot to apply that concept and then to see it and then to like give credit later like you like we kind of talked about hindsight is 2020 so you often get the opportunity to see exactly what it was that he saved you from or that he was saving you for i just went through that experience with um an in-person women's retreat that i had was planning i was i was supposed to air quotes again hold it in june I had five women signed up and I was totally prepared to like rock their socks off and serve those five women like nobody's business. And for whatever reason, like only one actually went through payment on time. So as I'm contacting the other ones to see like, hey, are you still in? Need to collect payment, please, so we can plan forward and I can get, you know, supplies, blah, blah, blah. They backed out. So then I ended up canceling. Then fast forward through summer and just life happened. I had a kid get a pretty significant injury. Just a bunch of other things came up for us. And now here I am ready to plan the retreat again. And I held it in um, October and 20 women showed up and it was amazing. And it was so much better, even content wise, like what God gave me to share with those women, I would not have been able to share in June. And so that was like a great example for me to live out that, that, um, that application or that filter of like, God was saving me for this. He was saving it specifically for this group of women and they were super diverse and eclectic and like, but they served each other so well during our discussion times that day. And like, it just would not have been what it was that day had it happened in June. Um, and I got, you know, had the benefit of getting to see that. So it's really like sitting in those moments and like looking for where God has provided and looking for what he saved you from or for and then holding on to that for those future instances where we tend to want to just get frustrated or angry or all the things yeah for sure 
So you mentioned um, devotionals and prayers. Is there anything else that you love to do that you would say is kind of like a favorite way to continuously build your relationship with God and really prioritize that alongside building a family and building a business and building a home and all of that jazz? For sure. Um, Walk and talks. I love to go for walks and it's just a great way for me to like de-stress a little bit um, and just be out in nature. And I really encourage my clients during our coaching sessions to be out doing the same thing or even if they aren't in a position to be able to like leave the house and walk, like at least go to the backyard or somewhere where you're kind of like centered around nature and you're just grounded like literally to the (laughs) to you know to 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 god's like creation and um and so yeah anytime anytime where i am feeling like i need direction i will often go out for a walk and i will tell god ahead of time like this is what i need from you i'm expecting a download like give me that divine download and i'm putting on my shoes and here we go and more often than not he does and sometimes it's so fast I have to pull out my phone and like take notes (laughs) so I don't forget by the time I get back to the house and other times it's just there and it's just sort of like a sweet conversation between him and I and I can just enjoy the movement and the fresh air of being outside and just you know feeling and hearing him like speak into my life and the direction or the next step oftentimes it's business related of like okay what's next or I need clarity on what this is supposed to look like kind of thing but yeah I love that too because it prioritizes it just like any other relationship in your life because I think Mm -hmm. sometimes in the busyness that we all experience we I know for me like there's times where you just catch yourself where you're completely forgetting to talk to God. Like, even if you're someone who does pray throughout the day or check in, like in the busiest of moments, it can be so easy to just forget. And then all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, wait a minute. Like I'm all I've been doing is just asking for things or whatever. And sometimes I think it's just so nice to sit back and just be like, you know what? Like, thank you, Jesus, for everything that's happening. And just like, give some praise, give some gratitude with no expectation of anything in return to just like, because it is a relationship and it's not just one where we're supposed to just take, 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 get whatever we can get, build the life, keep going, go. Like it's, it's just, it's nice to have that, that built-in time the way you would with any other, any other human being where you're not just calling Mm -hmm. them when you need something. Yeah. For yeah, sure. I, I know, exactly. I know something you do too, is like helping other women apply biblical principles to everyday life. Can you give us a few examples of what that is? Because I think that that's so cool in a way, especially for the busiest among us to be able to interweave it into things that you're already doing and things that you're, you already have happening. I think that makes it all a little bit less intimidating for people too. And a little bit less feeling like another chore or to do on the never ending to do Mm -hmm. list and more like something that's like actually achievable and definitely worth doing. Yeah. I think what this is another area where like it it could be so unique just as we are each very unique um, individuals that there's just so many different ways to connect with God and to apply biblical principles to our daily lives Um, that it really can just be whatever works for you and your life and how it will flow. And I think the most important thing to recognize first is that, at least I like to say this, God is not a God of formalities. You don't necessarily have to have structure. You don't have to sit down and have at least 10 minutes with your Bible out and your journal out or your devotional out in order to give, spend time with God. And when I talk about giving God your first, 
for me, that's just like, I open my alarm goes off, I wake up and like the first thing that I'm doing is saying good morning, God. And I'm literally just saying good morning, God. Um, thank you for, you know, one more day to do your works. And I just invite you into this day, I pray over important people in my life. And I'm literally doing that, like, as I'm making the bed, because that's just one of my own habits of like, first thing I do when I wake up is like, I just get up and I start pulling over the covers and making the bed. And while I'm doing that, I'm just having that good morning chat with God real quick. And then another one is just, um, you know, if you do work outside of the house and you find yourself getting like caught up in work mode and you want to be able to infuse God into different parts of your day. And also too, I would highly recommend it because it immediately brings your stress level down <laughs> is um, one of the things that I've suggested to some different clients is maybe have a verse that you're trying to memorize or that you want to just have on a sticky note at your computer. Or um, I used to have a like one of the things that helped me and I didn't even do this for myself, but it was a friend and mentor of mine. She would print me out little encouragements or Bible verses on these like cute little pieces of stationery. And I would have them in different places in my office, just kind of sit laying around and it would remind me to like, just quickly read it. Um, and that would bring me back to God and then center me. And the, the other thing I guess I would say is like, why you would want to do this or be intentional about how you can incorporate part time with God throughout any part of your day. I mean, washing the dishes. I literally wash the dishes and that's another opportunity for me to just kind of go through different parts of my day or what's, or people in my life that maybe I've said I would pray for, but I hadn't really in, actually prayed for them. I just said I would. <laughs> um, or different things like that, where I just kind of like run things through and be like, okay, where, what have I not done recently that I would like to do? And then I might just do that while I'm doing the dishes or vacuuming or sweeping the floor or worship music. Obviously he serves us so well and lifts our spirits through music. Um, I think most people relate to that podcast like this one being encouraged of just, so it's really more about like what works for for you, connecting with other Christian women. You know, a lot of churches um, have life groups or have Bible studies. Some of them are even doing them on Zoom. Like I run, I run life group style coaching programs on Zoom in the evenings when busy moms are available for that reason, so that you can still be home with your kids and not have to leave the house and do drive time and all that stuff but carve out an hour of time for yourself once a week to connect with other Christian women who can relate to where you're at in life right now and build those relationships, but also just get that safe space to like be who you are and, um, and not have to show up as mom or as wife or as employee um, for that hour a week. So lots of different ways, but really it's about finding like which one will work for you so that you can be consistent with it and actually use it. <laughs> For sure. I love that because I love the idea of just stacking it onto things that you've already got planned because it's really not that difficult when you think about it. Like I've heard, I heard one of my girlfriends say like every time she was doing the laundry and like folding her kids underwear, she was praying for their purity and like yeah. putting their toys away in their toy room and you're praying for their future friendships and all of like any sort of future relationship or like anytime you're doing something that somehow serves your spouse, like you're cooking them dinner and you mm -hmm. can be praying for them too. Like you can really turn everything into an opportunity for prayer in some capacity, which is mm -hmm. like 
incredible. Like just bookmark it. It doesn't have to be, like you said, this sit down, set a timer, Bible out, all like totally structured. It can be something that I think is just naturally interwoven into your life. And I almost think Mm -hmm. that's what makes it a deeper relationship anyway, because you're making it literally just a part of your life and that that's your Mm -hmm. relationship with God. It's just a, it's just a part of your life. And it's something that is as natural as doing the dishes or making the bed or cleaning up your house. Like it's just, yep. That's when I pray too. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, I would love to get things wrapped up Angela by asking you something we ask all guests on thrive, which is what does thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Mm, Great question. I think thrive means to me, like living, living my life, like to the fullest that I can and being seeking out the joyful moment, seeking out, like choosing to seek joy and, and be the, and stay in the positive and not get stuck in the negative or in the world of fear or doubt or insecurity, because I think it's so easy to have, to go through all the what ifs these days with whatever's happening in our world and society with inflation, with gas prices, with, I mean, there's so many things, right? Our kids' safety when they go to school, like there are so many things or reasons why we could stay in places of security and doubt and fear and anxiety. And for me, if I'm thriving in life, I am choosing the positive. I'm choosing to seek joy. I'm choosing to be grateful. I'm choosing to express gratitude and, and, um, and focus on relationships. And I'm choosing to trust God too, you know, because ultimately when you are trusting him, then you don't have as much fear about the worldly things. Um, And so really, and just kind of that like YOLO attitude, right? Of like, you do only live once and we don't know our days are numbered and we don't know what they are. So really, if you're living a fully um, fulfilled life and you are thriving, then you are also having fun and being a little spontaneous and trying new things and being a little adventurous. Um, So that's what it means to me. And I think I maybe also answered the part two of your question (laughs) and giving those examples of, um, of how others can do the same. Sure. I love that. Okay. Can you tell everybody where they can find you online to connect with you more? For sure. I'm on Facebook and Instagram on Facebook. I'm just at Angela Quinteros. That's with a Q, Q Q-U-I. And I also have a Facebook group for any Christian women that it's called Christian Moms Breaking Free, but it's really any Christian women where you just, you are ready to break free from the norms, the mundane, the stress, the overwhelm and embrace thriving and embrace the joy and the positivity that I just spoke about. Um, So that would be a great place to plug in with me is that Facebook group. And then I'm also on Instagram at Angela Canteros Coaching. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to. And come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.